0: Hi everybody. I'm Kelly Ellers.
1: I'm Jeffrey Lennon.
0: And this is Volume Up by The Tees. Hello, Salon Pro, as pros beauty boxes with sample sizes just don't cut it. How can you possibly know a product is right for your clients after trying a sample? You need full-size products to try, test, feel, and play with. Enter Hello, Salon Pro, a full-size, pros-only beauty box by The Tees. It's a bi-monthly subscription for salon professionals with five full-size products up to a $200 value for just $24.99 plus shipping. We send you everything from the most popular and trending brands to new innovations, large and small. Anything we think you might want to curate for your back bar or retail to your clients. Head to the thetease.shop to subscribe for our next box, shipping every Friday, starting February 15th. So it's back. It's back. I'm not sure if it left. You might disagree. But the perm. What do you think?
1: It's back for sure. (laughs) We cannot argue with the facts. So many people are requesting the service. Men, women, non-binary, like all people are into this look, whatever it might be. Yes. Perming the heck out of themselves. I don't know.
0: Yeah. You know, I feel like that was the quintessential smell or scent of the salon that back in the day it was like, "Mm, I'm home. This is great. I love it. And speaking of close to home...
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: You know, you've got this trend. There's a ton of YouTubers out there that just, you know, play video games on YouTube and then my kids watch. It's a whole phenomenon. I'm not really sure why. But there's one particular YouTuber that does have sort of a moppy curl in the front. Mm -hmm. And my 10-year-old is very convinced that he must also have said hair.
1: So... So what did you do about that, Kelly? I feel like I've got a spoiler. Um, Can we... Let's just, what what have you done? What have you agreed to?
0: Yeah. So, you know, I sat him down and I was like, Hudson, you have type one curls. You have straight hair, very stick, straight hair, right? You would like to get this to a three or a four. We literally pulled up a curl type chart and he was like, you don't know anything about curl patterns. And I was like, oh, son, I do. Here's where you are. Here's where you want to go. You've got two options. One, a perm, which Didi, which is his grandma, Mm -hmm. my mom, the stylist, Mm -hmm. can do. Okay. Or we can try this out. I can get a little, very tiny curling iron and we can curl your whole head. So we opted for option number two. I'm glad we did because after about 30 minutes of curling every strand on his head, it looked awesome, by the way.
1: It looks incredible. Everybody out there, I don't know that mm-hmm. we're gonna reveal because it's the little kid and all of that stuff. But he looks incredible. She did a bang up job. The curls are on point. They're popping.
0: Right. It it was close to said YouTuber. Anyway,
1: mm-hmm.
0: he took one look in the mirror and he immediately got his hair wet.
1: <laughs> Devastating.
0: <laughs> so that's my story. You know, uh, maybe he'll come back around. I've asked him a couple more times. We'll put a couple curls in there, and he said. Absolutely not. So anyway, the mm. perm is back even at our house. Mm. The faux perm, mm. if you will. Would you would you perm? You know, I luckily do have a little bit of I'm a You've got like the type 2 um wavy hair, so I don't think I would go down that road mm. for me right now. Okay. But I understand the stick straight hair and you've got the opposite problem. You probably always wanted your hair really straight.
1: I sure did. Um Yeah. And there might have been a like early college mm. hair straightening episode oh and you know some things are not for some people and i will just say i don't i don't look better with straight hair and was did i want it yes go ahead
0: was that during your tanning phase too
1: <laughs> this was there was a there was a brief there, there's not overlap okay so no tanorexia plus hair straightening <laughs> this was like a post tanning okay.
0: on to the next thing
1: more like trying to be a scene kid Hey, okay. a scene kid and it was it was a mistake it wasn't a good look all right not a good look for me but you know again we love that people are wanting to experiment with their look. we are and going to pros pros only or employing pro tools like the curling iron good way to go
0: and for the record i love your curls so there
1: thank you Thank you.
0: So on our last episode, I talked with Erin Roush Miller. Erin has been an industry stylist for the last 11 years. She believes hair is a game of cause and effect and is understood with the power of predictability. Countless classes, including Head Shape Matters, Hair Color Magic, and working with brands like Colorspace and Evo have empowered her to provide guests with individualized services based on their needs. Erin is the owner of House of Hair, located in Sun Prairie, Wisconsin, where listening comes first, followed by a science-based approach to her services. House of Hair provides a space of acceptance that transcends gender, race, age, and sexuality. The goal is that every person who enters House of Hair truly feels like they're right at home. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review, and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok, and Read the teas and send in questions to volume up at the
1: com. This week, we're talking with Deandra Metzger. Deandra is an accomplished celebrity hairstylist widely known in the entertainment and film industry. Deandra has accumulated a total of 30 years in providing professional hair care services locally and nationwide, including owning and operating the renowned 360 Degrees Salon from 2000 until 2007, which turned into a partnership until 2010. Having a flourishing career, she's been fortunate to amass star studded clientele that includes the likes of Fantasia, Monica, Cece Winans, and many others. Some of her work for film projects include Tyler Perry's House of Pain and Meet the Browns, BET's American Soul, First Wives Club, Hunger Games, The Divergent Series, Jumanji 3, Black Panther, Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewel, Suicide Squad 2, Yvonne Orgy, Dominique Fishback, and Danielle Deadweiler until she's a big deal. And a delight to talk to. So you guys are not gonna want to miss this one.
0: She was incredible. Um, you know, next up I want to talk about an interesting partnership. Mm-hmm. So LinkedIn, which is one of my favorite social tools, so nerd alert, right? (laughs) This partnering with Dove to create a more inclusive and equitable space for Black hair in the workplace. Hallelujah. Why has it taken so long? According to the 2023 Crown Research Study, which we have covered extensively on thetease.com, it was also co commissioned with Dove. Black women's hair is 2.5 times more likely to be perceived as unprofessional Mm -hmm. and biased against natural hair and protective styles can impact how Black women navigate the hiring process. Interesting. Approximately 66% of Black women change their hair for a job interview, and 41% straighten their hair from its natural state. Due to toxic workplace culture, 54% of Black women feel they have to wear their hair differently during a job interview to succeed. And I don't like that at all. So
1: especially given what we've covered on the T's right. in terms of products and carcinogens and all sorts of issues, um, this is something that our guests have talked about often on this podcast yep. in terms of pressures that they've felt. And so it's discouraging to see that it's this persistent, but it is encouraging to see that LinkedIn and Dove are doing something about it. Yeah, I like it. And what are they doing exactly?
0: So they're providing LinkedIn users free access to a suite of 10 LinkedIn learning courses that support a more... Equitable Work Environment. Incredible. So there's a lot of different modules there. Um, they're also sharing the findings from that 2023 Crown Research Study that was co-commissioned by Dove in LinkedIn. So again, I read some of those key findings, which are shocking, right? Mm-hmm. And then 3D, they're elevating and celebrating the real stories and voices of Black women professionals across the platform using the hashtag BlackHairIsProfessional.
1: is professional. Mm. I love this initiative. I'm so excited. So good t- for them. Um, and yeah, let us know what you guys think. Let's talk about things that are trending on our sites. Our editorial team has been hard at work this week, uncovering industry news, diving into brands that you don't know, but you should. And here are some of our favorite headlines. First up, fresh off of New York Fashion Week, the title for lead hairstylists on how to earn a spot working backstage at New York Fashion Week. New York Fashion Week may be all about the beautiful clothes, but make no mistake, it wouldn't be the cultural phenomenon that it is without noteworthy hair looks. Hair plays a pivotal role in helping to bring a designer's vision to life and cementing the season's overarching trends. That's why it goes without saying that lead hairstylists, the creative masterminds responsible for conceptualizing a show's final look, and leading the entire hair team are truly some of the most important people working backstage at New York Fashion Week. For many up-and-coming hairstylists, keying a major runway show or presentation is the ultimate dream. And if you've ever wondered what it takes to become a lead hairstylist at New York Fashion Week, listen up. We talked with Carly Laura, Nick Stenson, Matthew Curtis, and Ken Huang. And they've got some really good advice. If you're hoping to follow in their footsteps, head to thetees.com for some of their best tips. Kelly, any advice that stuck out to you?
0: Yeah, you know, I think it's um, the persistence piece, right? So I think, unfortunately... Actually, maybe I I don't know this to be true, but at what... In the phase of creating their looks, do they think about hair? Right. So mm-hmm. I think it's making sure that you are connected with the right people, get on some emails, get on the DMs, and just ask. Don't be afraid to put yourself out there because if it is a dream of yours to make your way to New York Fashion Week, it can be done. Right. You know, Nick Stinson mentioned, you know, find your people, find your tribe. There's a really good group of artists uh, that are used to kind of working the New York fashion scene. So some great advice over at the
1: yeah, love that. All right, next up, this one is pretty sweet. Uh mm-hmm. mm, you do that. Hagendaz pledges $100,000 to beauty nonprofit support creatives and partners on a beauty shoot. As if we all need another reason to love haagen the luxury ice cream brand has just stepped up to do some good for up-and-coming beauty pros in our industry. haagen recently announced its $100,000 pledge to support creatives, a beauty nonprofit aimed at providing stability for beauty industry pros through education, mentorship, and financial assistance. This partnership, which marks the ice cream brand's first with a beauty-focused organization, directly supports haagen That's Daz campaign which launched in 2021 with a $1.5 million commitment to uplift a new generation of diverse artists and creators over three years. In addition to haagen donation, they've also teamed up with the nonprofit on an original beauty shoot to capture its latest frozen dessert, the butter cookie cone. The pics are incredible. We've actually talked to some of the artists that were involved in the shoots. All of that's over on thetease.com. Kelly, did this or did this not make you want to have an ice cream cone real bad?
0: It did. And I don't have a sweet tooth, but I know my fellow
1: pod oh, host yes.
0: certainly does. It was impossible.
1: I couldn't, I couldn't, but I feel <laughs> like they do such a nice job of communicating how good this ice cream cone is through the beauty shoot, that I feel like even you would want one. So I'm glad to see that it worked.
0: You know, I'm going to be honest. It, act- I actually, the photo on our Instagram in feed, yeah. <laughs> I stopped and I was like, yum. It's good. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh wait, that's us. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Good for Hagen dazs This is also a really interesting collab. And I like to see our pros out there uh, in a little bit more mainstream brands, right? Mm -hmm. And partnering with them. So, kudos to Hagen dazs
1: Kudos to them. Next up, something that we are thrilled about, which is the Texture Style Awards are back. They're back. And here's how to enter. Mark your calendar, Salon Pros. The Texture Style Awards are back and better than ever. Returning for its second year, this first-of-a-kind hair competition, which first launched in 2021 by celebrity hairstylist Monet Everett, friend of the pod, Mm -hmm. will be continuing its mission of celebrating all hair textures and the talented hairstylists who slay. Presented by Beauty by Imagination, BBI, and the Aveda Arts and Sciences Institute, the Texture Style Awards will offer five main categories, straight, wavy, curly, coily, and student styling, along with subcategories for up and down styling. Not only will this competition support increased diversity and inclusion within the beauty industry, which we're all about, but it will also help to empower and educate stylists to recognize that all hair is good hair. We at The Tees are thrilled to be the Texture Style Awards Mm -hmm. media partner. Head to thetees.com to read the rest of this article, including exactly how you can enter. The entry is open on March 1st.
0: March 1st. Here we are. I love this. I love Monet, definite friend of the pod, definite friend of the tease, um, what she has started and maintained, and we continue to amplify all of her great works and efforts. So again, I echo your sentiment. Head over to tease.com texture, style, awards.
1: As always, so much going on to these stories and more. Thank you to our hardworking editors. We're proud to publish stories that salon pros and consumers care about.
0: Next up, my interview with Deandra Metzger, an accomplished celebrity hairstylist, Wildly known for her work in the entertainment and film industry, you're going to hear all about it. Leandra Metzger is an accomplished celebrity hairstylist, wildly known for her work in the entertainment and film industry. She has accumulated a total of 30 years in providing professional hair care services locally and nationally, including owning and operating the renowned 360 degree salon from 2000 to 2007, which turned into a partnership until 2010. Having a flourishing career, she has been fortunate to amass a star-studded clientele that includes the likes of Fantasia, Monica, CeCe, Winans, and many others. Some of her work for film projects include Tyler Perry's House of Pain and Meet the Browns, BET's American Soul, First Wives Club, Hunger Games, The Divergent Series, Jumanji 3, Black Panther, Clint Eastwood's Richard Jewell, Suicide Squad 2, Yvonne Orji, Dominique Fishback and Daniel Deadweiler in Till. Beyond her work as an entertainment stylist and helping stylists in their business, she also has her own company of eyewear chains, Flywear Chains, as well as a charity-based organization that has successfully made Christmas happen for over 130 families for the last 14 years, the Metzger Family and Friends Foundation. Amazing. Deandra is known for her passion while on the job, but bravery in saying, Nope, I'm not available. Her motto has always been God first, family, then hair. Resilient, courageous, and compassionate are just a few words that capture Deandra's true character and nature. So, Dee Dee, welcome to the pod. We are so excited to have you. Your list of accomplishments and achievements and accolades and awards is beyond all of us. So, thank you for joining us today.
2: Oh, thank you for having me.
0: (laughs) You bet. Okay. We're going to start at the beginning because we got a lot to get into today. So did you know that you would always go
2: into beauty? Take me back in the day. Uh, No, I did not know. And really, I worked in a salon in high school and I I told the hairstyles all the time, oh, I will never do hair. I'm not going to do hair. (laughs) I'm not going to do hair. But then there was just something about the way clients felt after they stepped out of the chair. It's right. I love the camaraderie of ladies in the hair salon, relaxing, letting their hair down, speaking about conversation. And then I love the way stylists made clients feel. Yeah. And so that drew me to the hair industry. And as much as I tried to get away from it, because I'm the person that was doing hair for all the kids in the neighborhood, all the teen girls. Okay. So as much as I tried to get away from it, I ended up being a hairstylist.
0: Here you are. So my mom was a hairstylist and salon owner for 40 years. And so I grew up too, you know, just in the salon, which I think there's no better place to be right. when it's get your hair done day. It's like, yes, this is the day. <laughs> so I've got you on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me
2: about um, what your path looked like to get here. Well, I started, like I said, in my mom's kitchen until she kicked all of us out and said we couldn't <laughs> be in her, in her house anymore. I can't imagine coming home now and having seven or eight girls after I got off of work no. in my living room waiting to get their hair done. <laughs> but I started there in my mom's kitchen and then I worked as an assistant in the salon. And then I decided to go to school, go to cosmetology school. And then I started doing hair. I've done everything in every capacity in the business. So I've been an assistant. I have been a commission stylist. I have been a booth runner. I have been a salon owner. So every capacity I think I've touched. And a friend of mine, um, she introduced me to the movie industry. She needed help on set. And she asked me if I would come and help her. And that's how I ended up in the world of production. That's amazing. And dare we say it's your favorite role in the industry? Um, I won't say favorite, but it is the most challenging. I'm sure. And what I do love about it, it's forever changing. Yeah. Because, you know, even when you have TV and then you have film and then you have streaming networks. Mm. So you're getting to know all of these different industries and they all Mm -hmm. film a different way. There's different budgets. So I would say it's still a a positive challenge, though. Okay. You know, I'm, I'm always constantly learning, learning new ways of doing things Um, But yeah, I do love it. And I love character creation. Ah. So that's very, very intriguing to me. I love it when I can get the backstory of a character, Hmm. their history, and I figure out who this character is and collaborate with all of the powers that be to make this person come alive on screen. I do love that.
0: That That is so interesting and what a cool and unique position to be in because we're captivated by these characters, right? And so mm-hmm. for us in the industry, we're looking at the makeup, the nails, the hair, like what period did it come for? What are they trying to portray? And honestly, the hair is a huge part of it. Yeah. So... I think you're doing amazing, incredible work. So oh, thank you. speaking of a movie, there's a little movie called Till, right? Congratulations <laughs> on your work with Till, as well as your nomination for your hair work for the movie. Your work as noted was impeccable. Um, tell me a little bit about working on the
2: movie. That was probably the best out of 13 years of being in the movie industry. Mm. That was the best project I've ever worked on. I've learned the most with that project. Um, It was a very hard project and challenging in the sense of it was heavy content. Yes you know, there were a lot of days that we were very emotional. We were all crying on set Mm -hmm. or running from someone else that was a crier every day, just trying to hold our composure and keep it together. Um, As hairstylists, makeup artists, or people that are in direct contact with the actors, there's, um, you know, a a rule, and I don't know who started this rule, but when I started in the business that if the character has a heavy scene that day, you kind of stay away from her. Got it. You know, if they have a lot of lines. So there were a lot of days Our lead Danielle Deadweiler had a lot of heavy content Ugh. and we hmm. would literally stay away from her because, and I would do her hair. It was important that I did her hair to perfection from that morning. And it would work that if something happened emotionally and something got messed up, that it would work for the scene. And Danielle, I'm not going to come in and keep doing touches on you because I know you need it. But she was a comedian. And not by, she, you know, she's not trying to be, but she's so funny. Oh, wow. So there were days yeah. I'm trying to stay away from her and hold it together after watching her scene. Mm-hmm. And she has all of us in the background just dying. She would, she would come to us as opposed to us trying. Stay away from her. Wow. So she kept it light. Mm -hmm. We made the best of the situation, but it was a very heavy, you know, even when we got to the funeral scenes where you saw, you know, the effects, the body that they Mm -hmm. made, special effects made, Mm -hmm. and it looked so much like the real thing. And we always had pictures of inspiration on the wall so that you can kind of uh, I think it helped all of us channel what we were doing and how okay. important it was. And for me, I used it uh, as reference yeah. for Mamie Till. Mamie Till was a very sharp lady for an African-American woman in 1952. She's very bit dressed to be nine. So all I used was her references. Wow. Yeah, I used her references and. When I took the project, I was actually the key. I was not the department head. Okay. And then the department head had to leave to go to do do another project. Okay. So I took over, but it was important for all of us when we collaborated, starting, that we didn't have to create a character. She was already... Uh, She was, yes. She was Mamie Till. Her significance was so important. Mm -hmm. She worked for the military, so she had a good job for someone, an African-American woman, who her husband was deceased. She had a very good job. And so she was dressed to be nine. So we just emulated what we saw. Wow, that's incredible. Mm-hmm.
0: So, for our listeners out there, you know, this was a very, very, very important story that the movie's portraying. For those who haven't seen it or heard about it yet, can you tell us kind of the narrative and sort of why that was heavy, right? We kind of jumped into that. So, nice frame of reference.
2: Okay. So the story for those that don't know the actual story, it is a um, real story of how a young man who was a teenager, his mother was born in Mississippi and she moved to uh, Chicago. So he wasn't raised to have the same attitude of, and they made the reference of playing small like he would in the South. There was still racism that existed, but African-Americans did not have to uphold the same rules in the the North as they did in the South. So he goes to visit his family. He uh, says the wrong thing to someone or is suspected of saying the wrong thing Mm -hmm. to a white woman. And he was lynched. He was murdered. He was killed. And the story Teal is about not just him because a lot of us we knew that story but it was about Mamie Till yeah. and her role in the civil rights movement mm-hmm. she was very very important to the start of the civil rights movement you know if we always talk about Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks she came before them it was her decision to show the body at the funeral that actually you know mm-hmm. catapulted the civil rights movement wow it it kind of got the attention of much more people because she made that decision and it was on printed ads and it was in newspapers. So Mm -hmm. Till, the movie is very good with not even revisiting those traumatic Circumstances, yeah, it talks about the love story between a mother and a son, mm-hmm. their relationship. So it, it's a very, very good movie. Oh. And I'm not just saying that, I'm not being biased, but I think it's a very good story that people need to hear or see.
0: For sure. And you talked about before, you know, doing hair for an event and a person that that started this movement, right? Really, really impactful. Um, you weren't creating a character from thin air, right? Yeah. Um, so were there any looks from the movie that you were a little
2: worried or le- had some leeway
0: in creating, I should say?
2: Well, in a period film, there are rules. You know, there are certain rules you follow for that era. There are certain things that in 1952, in the early 50s, hats were important. So hats and hair hmm. played a significant collaboration together. Okay. In the 50s, women wore hats, but when they go inside, they take their hats off. So they literally would style their hair around a hat. Wow. You know, when you're studying period, it's always good to find exactly what reason people did that and helps you kind of understand and maybe style better. So having learned that and studied that, and you know, I knew before doing this movie, because I've done a lot of period films, all oh, that women wear their hats on the back of their head, but I didn't know the history or the, again, the marriage between a hat and hair then. So literally I would style her hair knowing that the hat would have to come off in the scene. And so if the hat was off, the hair had to be meticulously placed around the hat. So if the hat came off, it would still look pristine. Wow. So just details like that, you know. Yeah. And it's fun doing research. I love doing period hair because you do get a chance to learn those little facts. And those are facts that you take to the next project. For sure. And the next project and the next project. So yeah. You've got 13 years of facts. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So um, what was the reason that they wore Hats and then took them off. It was
2: just, mm-hmm. that was part of fashion. Fashion. Okay. It was just part of fashion. And then when they would go in a room, it was customary or, you know, that a woman would just take off her hat. Okay. I wouldn't say it was a sign of respect, you know, like if a guy would walk in a room, mm-hmm. but it was just something she did. She didn't always just leave her hat on. She would take it off. Got it. And she would carry her hat and, you know. Interesting. So, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, did you have a look that you were proud or most proud to
2: recreate for the film? I would probably say it was Mamie Till. Yeah. However, I had fun doing Catherine Bryant too. But, you know, we choose a team. Okay. So our team, we select people to do certain roles when you're running a department. And so, you know, there was someone on my team that did Carolyn Bryant. Okay. And my mentor and friend who, again, I mentioned earlier, who had department headed the movie, she created some of the looks you know, when we were prepping for the show or prepping for the movie. So I would say that Mamie probably was the most exciting. Okay, wonderful. Well, I will say this. Jalen Hill, who played Emmett Till, was another character that was really fun um, creating his look every day because his hair was about eight inches long. So we would blow it dry and stretch the length and then we would braid it in these little tiny thin braids. Wow. Wow to put a wig on that would fit snug on his head. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say that that was my favorite, but challenges are good for me. I like challenges. I like to make things come to life. I like to solve problems when it comes to hair on set. So I enjoy doing that one as well.
0: Uh, That's fantastic. All of the things as a general consumer you don't think about, right? Um, That go into the look. Yeah. Um, How many... Styles, how many cast members are you generally doing on a team for a production like this?
2: Uh, well, it was a team of three until. Okay. And there were times when we had 250 background actors. And so we would have to get them <laughs> all dressed now we were on a limited budget on teal. Teal was not the best budget because these are stories that sometimes production companies don't want to invest in. Mm. So it wasn't the best budget. So we had to literally figure out a way to get 250 people ready. So of course, you know, part of you know running an department is hiring people that hire people or pick hairstylists that can actually do the job. Yeah. Or recreate looks that are you know appropriate for that period. So there were times where there weren't enough manpower to to do the work. So I created a system where I laminated cards and I had green cards, yellow cards and red cards. And if the hairstyle, if we got a chance to touch them, we did their hair, we styled it and it was perfect we would get they would get the green card if someone came in and their hair could pass for that period, but maybe not. We just had to do a little bit. Mm. They would get the yellow card. And if someone's hair was totally inappropriate, they would get the red card. And that how we kind of ran it to make sure that all of those 250 people because you'd have to fill this space, right. You know, with all of these people, but we would let the producers and director know Wow, they can scoot to the back if they weren't really appropriate and we'll okay. put the ones that were more appropriate for that period. Okay. But they just use those people as room fillers.
0: Yeah. That is incredible. I don't even know how he would do that many people or even. Yeah. Wow.
2: Yeah. So, we wouldn't do them, but we would hire people to do them. But it was never enough. It's never enough with period film. It's never enough, you know, people to do the job. And we just did what we had to do to make it work.
0: Yeah, that is incredible. Wow. So, we saw some Instagram posts about, you know, what was happening behind the scenes while Till was being filmed. And you touched on it a little bit too. But, anything else you want to say about? How you kept the cast and the crew and the environment light in between scenes?
2: Well, I I wouldn't say that I was responsible for that. But I think the hair department and the makeup department are very key in making sure that we are the the hair trailer is the first trailer that they see in the morning.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah. So they are very involved emotionally with us. There's a connection that has to be made Hmm. before they go to set. I like to say that the hair department is the most important department of the whole Mm -hmm. of the whole project, but you know, I'm a little biased, (laughs) but Mm -hmm. I do think that we control how the actors feel in the morning. I think we have a lot to do with whether we make them or we make sure they're in a good mood. Mm-hmm. So there are certain things that I like to do to run my department that helps with, you know, what kind of music, the person who has the, mm. you know, the, the most lines that day, what atmosphere would they like? Do they like candles? Wow. Do they like music? So it's so much. I like to tell people who are trying to get in the industry it's so much more than hair. Yeah. You have to be able to fill a room. You have to see mm-hmm. what's the tone of the room. You know, if an actor comes in with her sides and she's studying her script, then I know we might need to listen to jazz where there are not any words. Right. Or maybe no music at all, depending on how heavy the circumstance is. Um, if they're talking amongst each other, knowing what conversations to let them have, because those might be conversations that they need. So it's a lot of reading the room, you know. Yeah. What's the atmosphere of the movie? So I will say that would be my contribution you know, to a, a particular project, how, how do they start their day?
0: Yeah. Very, very important. And it's such a high pressure situation too, with very dynamic personalities, right? So exactly, there's a, a lot of things to think about, you know, you've done a lot of movies and series like we talked about beyond this fantastic one, you touched about on how you broke into the industry. Someone had called you. Um, what was it like that first movie or series that you did?
2: I won't say the name of the series because I thought, oh, I would never do this again. (laughs) It was crazy because, you know, we're used to controlling our own environment. Yeah. Coming from a salon, you know, and then we go to a place where, there's someone else in charge. Mm-hmm. And then there's someone else in charge of that person, and someone else in charge of that person. So, mm-hmm. because it was new to me, I didn't, I won't say it was the greatest experience, and I thought I'd never do it again. Okay. But then, when offered another challenge of, again, creating characters, like I mentioned before what I love to do, that's when it became actually very, very fun for me. Okay, yeah,
0: Cool. What are
2: some of the challenges that you've encountered along the way? I would say personalities. Okay. But I do think the salon helped in a sense. Yeah. Having worked in big salons, you know, years ago, you worked in a salon. I know the big thing is sweet salon suites now. So there are not a lot of people that work in salons but years ago, it might be 25 hairstylists in the salon. Yeah. You better learn to get along with people, yeah. you know, cause you have to work next to them every day. Mm-hmm. So I do think that was a skill that I was able to take, you know, from the salon to the production world. Yeah. Because I can get along with any personality. I can work with you and just, you know, if I could be honest, I might not like you, but we can work together. You know, we both have a job to do.
0: Right. Yeah. That's, that's so important. Cause you're, Funneling, you know, if you're working in a salon with many stylists, as you mentioned, and different layers of management, and then you have, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight clients a day, all of those different personalities, you're right. You learn to kind of naturally read the room.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Yes.
0: So let's talk a little bit about the NAACP. Um, You're nominated for your work until which, congratulations.
2: Yay. Thank you. Was that a moment that you were like, oh, yes, I was so excited about that. And of course, you know, we submitted for the Oscars and the BAFTA Awards and the Makeup Guild Awards. Uh, that's a, an award show that's uh, hosted by IOTC 706 okay. uh, hair makeup artists. But, you know, of course, we wanted it all. Mm-hmm. I wanted it all. I wanted to be nominated for them all. But I am definitely most proud of being recognized in my community mm-hmm. uh, for an award. So the NAACP would always be the most proud award you know, that I could have, the nomination that I could have achieved. Yes.
0: Yeah. And for this,
2: oh, so important film, Mm -hmm. right? Yes.
0: Have you ever been nominated
2: before? No, I haven't been nominated for an award in, you know, in the production industry. I used to compete years ago, you know, different uh, hair shows and that kind of thing. So I've gotten that acknowledgement for my work before, but again, this is still a challenge for me. I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, now I'm department heading. For a long time as a mother who wanted to be present, I worked part-time in the production industry because I knew it was something that I did not want to do full-time and raise my daughter. Mm -hmm. So being a present parent, I couldn't fully, fully dive into the career full-time. So once She got older, went away to college, and then that's when I completely dived in. And I would say that was about 2018. Okay. So I've worked in the industry for 13 years, but for eight of those years, it was part time. Okay. Got it. So now this is, you know, this is challenging for me. So I am very, very excited about the acknowledgement of something that doesn't come very easy for me Mm -hmm. because you just, you know, it's just a pat on the back. Like, okay, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. So that's exciting.
0: Very exciting. Um, For our listeners, tell us why we should place and put more emphasis and light on the award for the NAACP, just as we do the
2: Emmys or the Grammys. Well, I do think that all have a significant role and the NAACP awards it was created because there was a community of people that were not getting acknowledged for their talents. So they decided to create, you know, a space for, to celebrate uh, people of color. So I do think it's very important. However, I do think it's important that everyone that wants to celebrate The good work of someone else, that should always get a lot of attention. I love it. Because I think we focus so much on negativity. Yeah. And I think that's a positive event. Mm -hmm. So anything that's positive, you know, I hope it gets the attention it deserves.
0: Amazing. So we're going to talk now about how you're leading beauty professionals and your community and business development. Um, so beyond your work in movies and shows, we've talked about Till, we haven't mentioned Honker Games, Divergent, yeah. Umanji. <laughs> I mean, holy smokes. You also help stylists with business, their businesses. Tell us about your new launch of leading beauty professionals community.
2: Okay. So what I am most, most passionate about... And it still gives me chills because it's very important is that hairstylists and makeup artists and freelance artists and, you know, barbers are running their businesses like a true business, Mm -hmm. oftentimes because they don't sit in the front of a desk. So they don't have anybody you know, they can't, you know, handle and do all of the behind the scenes yeah. business um, that they, that needs to be done to actually run their business. Yeah, And oftentimes they're so exhausted because it's such a physical job for sure that when they get off, they don't want to do it when they get home. Yeah. I became passionate about that part of the business when I owned a salon and my mom, who came from corporate America, ran my salon. Okay. And so she put systems in place for me that helped to run the salon more efficiently, you know, from payroll to paying my taxes on time to, you know, how do I get tax breaks? So when stylists would leave the salon or when I close the salon down, those stylists would still come to me asking me questions about what do you think about this and what do you think about that? So what started off as just offering advice to a few people on social media, social media allowed me to offer it on a bigger scale. Cool. So it was something that I've always done, yep. but I'm, it's just on a bigger scale now. So the leading beauty professionals community is a subscription-based digital plan, and what it does is reminds them of those important events. So okay. it reminds you that. On Saturday, don't go out shopping because that's not your net income. That's your gross income. Mm-hmm. And if you do separate your money, you know, for your taxes, separate your money for your savings for sure. And you spend after you've tackled all those things. So it's just subtle reminders that they'll get every day. And it's like a task reminder. Okay. So if someone needed a taskmaster or if someone needed a secretary. Mm-hmm. It's a virtual secretary or a virtual taskmaster that reminds independent contractors or beauty professionals of what they need to do to run their business.
0: Super cool. Very smart. Where did this idea come from? Was it because you know people were asking you and you're like, wait a second, I can be this virtual system for the masses?
2: And that's exactly what happened. It was a situation where people just kept asking me questions. <laughs> And I don't know if you've gone to my page, but I offer Mm -hmm. advice, just simple advice on what they need to do. I'm actually I would probably say I'm a nerd and I like to read. Mm -hmm. So I'm just doing the work for people. Awesome. It's not magic. It's nothing that I'm creating. It's just information. I like getting information. And I've always been in a space that I like sharing it. I like sharing it with my peers. I want us all to win. And I want all hairstylists to be looked at as businesses and as professional businesses. Mm -hmm. And I don't want us to lose all our money and tax debt and own the IRS and, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. So that's what's important to me. And that was the mission behind. Got it.
0: What do you see is the biggest thing, the biggest reminder, the biggest category that you see stylists needing
2: help with with their business? I would say deadlines, deadlines, not missing deadlines. I think we lose so much money on not paying things on time and the 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 penalty in which you have to pay puts you in, you know, in a situation that, you know, further creates more debt. And now you're in this hole. And it's too hard to dig. And some people, they actually give up. I've seen great hairstylists who give up on running their business because they can't run a business. Yeah. And it's just as simple as we're taught to pass the State Board of Cosmetology. Mm-hmm. We're, ta- we're taught in school. That's what they're teaching us. And then, you know, we're creative. So we want to go on to learn how to do the best hair tech, mm-hmm. you know, so or the best coloring technique. But then we forget about what's the best way to run our business. Yeah. Or we forget about what tasks do we do mm-hmm. to make sure that we are efficiently running it. We're creating. I, will, I My goal is that hairstylists pay the least amount of taxes as possible because we're paying more. Mm-hmm. We're paying more. We make good money, mm-hmm. but we're blowing it all in penalties and debt. Yeah. So how can we structure our businesses so that we can save some money and actually retain the money that we make? Yeah. That's so smart because you get into it because you
0: are creative, right? Yeah. And you want your hands and hair you want to create. And so then it's like, oh, I don't want to do all this paperwork. Like, oh, yes, yes, yes.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we need bookkeepers, you know. Yeah. A simple bookkeeper would help someone. Yeah, You know, having a bookkeeper, knowing how much we spend on products, you know. Yeah. And everybody now rushes to get to salon suites, but there's a large amount of hairstylists that are missing that, mm-hmm. that process that we took of working under people that were more seasoned. We heard their mistakes and we were able to correct some of ours on the way, mm-hmm. but then we're rushing to be independent so fast that we're missing those little lessons.
0: That's such a good point. It, it's getting
2: worse. It's getting worse. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's such a good point because you're like, okay, great. Got my license. Off I go. Let me book myself solid. But then it's like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. There's all this other stuff. And it is so interesting that because of that wave of independence and salon suites, why haven't schools adapted to teach basic <laughs> like business building, bookkeeping, You know, all of the regulatory things that we need to know as stylists?
2: Yes, it's so true. So true. That's one of my goals. I want to create a curriculum in cosmetology schools. That's awesome. For business. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. I love that. So, how can people get in contact with you for business help? How can they get signed up with the leading beauty professionals community?
2: Well, I have a website okay. and it's com. So, there are links on the website okay. that you can book a consultation call. And then there's also a link on my Instagram page where they can a link tree link where they can find all of those they can book a call or they can go straight to leading beauty professionals community right. and sign up and get those reminders i love it so fascinating
0: your career is so phenomenal and so interesting i love diving into all the like nooks and crannies of the salon pro space because we can do so many things. We can take the career any way we want, right? Exactly. And you've certainly done that. So congratulations. Thank you, Kelly. Amazing. Okay. Now we're to a little section we call the tease, quick takes. And so we're going to need your quick takes. Okay. Um, the first one is, what was your first ever product that you owned? Beauty product or hair
2: product? It was a hair product. It was a curling iron.
0: Okay. All right. Because you had people's hair to do in your mom's kitchen. So you needed it. Yes.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you superstitious? And if so, about what? I am not superstitious. However, I do highly believe in karma. So some people look at karma as being a Mm superstition. I believe whatever you give the world, you get back.
0: Mm -hmm. I do too. I do believe that the nice girl does win. Mm, yes i do always even if you got to get burned a couple times on the way you're not giving up on the nice girl
2: even if it's painful <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right what do you consider the ultimate comfort food apple pie and ice cream oh yum warm apple pie warm apple pie all right because ice cream's gotta melt <laughs> all right last one you are on a deserted island and can only bring three beauty products what are you bringing
2: My hair color for this gray. Ooh, okay. (laughs) Definitely, (laughs) definitely. Sunscreen. Okay. Mm, Hair products. Mm -hmm. Mm, uh, Body moisturizer.
0: (laughs) Okay, those are good. Those are pretty solid. I like it. (laughs) (laughs) Any parting words for those out there that want to get into your corner of the
2: industry? I would say network, Network, network. If you find someone is doing what you want to do, don't be too prideful to reach out. Don't be too prideful to just introduce yourself online because everybody has a space. There was always someone that started from somewhere and don't be ashamed of where you are. Just focus on where you want to go. Um, Make those connections.
0: I love that. I feel that our industry is very collaborative and collective and willing to help. Right. That's what I love about the industry.
2: Yeah. I think if you ask, you can get. It. Yeah. I think you can, if you ask. Now, it might be you have to ask five people. Yeah. And, you know, the first two say no, mm-hmm. but don't give up because there are so many people. You know that, Kelly. It's so many people that taught us along the way that we learned from yeah. and got those little nuggets that helped with our businesses. For sure.
0: And put it out there, you're going to get it
2: back, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> all
0: right. The last thing is can you again plug your social media channels just to make sure that everyone is following all of
2: your fabulousness? Okay. So <laughs> I am on Instagram as Dede Metzger. Okay. D E E D E E M E T Z as in zebra, G as in girl E R. Okay. I am also um, on Facebook, Deandra. DD Metzger. Okay. D e a 2 D E E 2 D E E and Metzger. Okay. And um, I have a website as well. So they can, but the link for Instagram, my website is on that link. Okay. You can always find my website to, you know, keep up with what's going on. Right. I have a link for my YouTube channel and I have a link for TikTok as well. Amazing. I love it. You're everywhere. You're doing all the things. (laughs) I'm trying to keep
0: up, Kelly. I think you're keeping up. I think you're doing more than keeping up. I think you're paving the way. So congratulations again to you. And so great to have you on the pod. Uh, Thank you, Kelly. I enjoyed it. Okay, Jeff, for me, that was fascinating. I think I could have talked to her for hours because You never really get that little peek inside what's happening on all these incredible films and shows and just the the history that she has to know Mm -hmm. to make sure she's getting the hair right for each of the periods is so cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's always fun to talk to people like Deandra who bring to light mm-hmm. so much of what our industry is able to be. Agreed. And I think the, the possibility expanding careers, like I, I just love it. This was such a cool one.
0: Cool one, for sure. Be sure to hit subscribe, rate and review and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and TikTok at Read the Tease, and send in questions to volume up at thetease.com.
1: Volume Up is a Tease Media Production. This episode was produced by Monica Hickey and Madeline Hickey. Brian Daly is our editor and audio engineer. Thank you to Josh Landowski and Nathan Volks for the custom volume up theme song. And thank you to our creative team for putting together the graphics for this episode.